You're listening to Thoughts of Thaddeus, a show dedicated to people wrestling with life and faith. Here is Pastor Nick Pierce. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Nick Pierce. This is Thoughts of Thaddeus, a discussion of life and faith. Just thank you guys for coming, checking it out. And so this this time, uh, I want to talk about, you know when you're like reading your Bible, or maybe you're in a sermon, or it could even be a worship song, and it just absolutely grabs your heart, and it just floors you. And it could be something that you've heard a hundred times before, or a passage you've read, um, or just a concept that's like, yeah, I've heard that, I've heard that. And then all of a sudden, for some reason, that moment right there, it floors you and it just baffles you. And it's just like, it's almost like you're you're hearing it for the first time, you know? So like, when, it, when we ask people, you know, where were you when Kennedy was shot? Like, where, you you absolutely, in your mind, concretely know exactly where you were at when you heard those heard those words, or like 9/11, or the Oklahoma City bombing. Like you remember those things vividly, and it just stays with you. Well, so something like this kind of happened to me, and it was in my morning devotional time. And this is what I read in my devotion, and so this is a quote. His love for you, so God's love for you, is never a result of your character. I get that. You know, I've heard that before. We're not saved by any of my own doings or who I am, right? Like, why was this so impactful? So his love for you is never a result of your character. It is a clear demonstration of his. And for some reason, this is something I've known, I've read, I've studied, I've probably taught this and preached this multiple times. But for some reason, that morning, when I read those words, his love for you is never a result of your character. It is a clear demonstration of his. Boom. Mind blown. And so again, how does this look on the street level? How do I respond to God in this? So it's just another aspect of the grace of God that just floored me, right? So so let's walk it out a little bit. So how do we respond? If we obey God, let's say we obey God for a thousand years, which none of us can live that long, but let's say we do. We have no more of his favor than when we first believed. So from day one of surrendering and submitting my life to Jesus Christ to let's say I live until I'm 103, the last day, completely in obedience to Christ, his love for me stays the same. Why? Because his love for us is never a result of our character, but a clear demonstration of his. Like, let that sink in. So, me and my wife have this thing where uh, we write this on cards to each other. We actually used to get each other cards randomly. So hopefully she doesn't listen to this. 
because I need to get back into that and I need to go get her a card. So maybe I'll do that. Um, but so we, it, let it be a birthday card, anniversary card, whatever, you know, or sometimes we'll even just say this to each other, but we'll, we'll tell each other, I love you 10,000 times more today than yesterday. It's kind of our little tagline. I love you 10,000 times more today than yesterday. Side note, tomorrow, looking pretty good. It's a looking up, right? Uh, yesterday, eh, it was all right. Tomorrow, it's looking good, right? So that might be okay between me and my wife and our love for each other grow every day. And that's what we're trying to express is the day I said I do, I love you so much more now than the day that I said I do. Even the day that I said I love you for the first time, I mean it more now because I know who you are more. You know who I am more. We've been through thick and thin together. You know, she walked with me during cancer. We have kids together, like complete job change, occupation change. Like we have been through some trials of life and, and some testings. And we've always been right by each other's side. And so, yeah, I love her 10,000 times more today than I did yesterday. So there's our line. But here's the thing. Not so with God. The only person's love that grows in our vertical relationship with God is ours, not his. Because if I obey God from a place of trying to gain more favor, then it's not grace. See, when he shows his love out of a clear demonstration of who he is and his character, and it's not a result of mine, then his love never changes. His love stays the same. His love is constant, and it's always full. Like, what kind of hope and promise does that give us? Massive. It's massive. It changes everything. And so I obey, I surrender to Jesus from a place of the fullness of his love, not of mine. You know, I don't, now that possibly could be in my relationship with my wife. I love her and I surrender, uh, you know, submit to her as a husband because my love for her has grown to that point. And we all know that. There was absolutely a season, a time in my life when I didn't know her, and so I didn't love her, and I didn't obey and submit to her. Why would I? Don't even know who she is. Some crazy girl living, you know, wherever. Why would I do that? But with God, I surrender and I obey to God from a place of the fullness of His love, not mine. And so, regardless of in my uh, surrender and obedience, or in my wandering and failings, his love never changes for me. And so his love for you never changes, regardless of your obedience and surrender and submitting to his will, or even when you fail and you miss the mark and you wander in sin. You know, we sing the song, you know, his love stays the same through the ages. And that's again, like, that's what I was saying at the very beginning. This is something I knew, but for some reason, how it was worded in that devotional, it absolutely floored me. So I obey and surrender to God from a place of the fullness of his love. And I can never gain 
any more of his love. And think about it. If I can't gain any more of it, I can't lose any of it. Because if I was able to gain it, I'd be able to lose it. But since I can't gain any more of his love, I can't lose it. The confidence then that we can have in approaching God. That we don't have to worry because of our failings or or our misguidings of our own lives or whatever we do in our walk with Christ where we missed the mark. We don't have to come to the throne of grace and think, did I lose any of it? Am I, am I on the, the B team now? Am I on JV now? No. Because his love for you is never a result of your character. It is a clear demonstration of his. So how does this change us? How do we respond to this at that street level walk with Christ? For me, I think there's, there's a lot of it is internal. There's confidence and not like in a pride ego kind of manner. You know, we've talked before about who I am created by God. I'm created for God. But to understand this, it doesn't give me a license to sin more. Paul would say, may it never be. Meganoita is the, the Greek in that. Look that up. He was almost pretty much cursing, saying, heck no, that's not it. We're not getting a license to sin because of this. And we can live as carnal Christians. But this motivates me to live even more in the righteousness of Christ, in the fullness of the life that he has called, because I'm, I'm living from a place of fullness and confidence, not from a place where I have to feel like I've, I have to earn or prove myself. That's huge for me. So just internally, knowing that and how this hit me, I can live life and I'm not in a sense of losing God's grace or his love or I got to I got to change my life to earn it, but there's confidence in that. And it motivates me to live for Christ more knowing that his love never changes for me, that it's a clear demonstration of his character, not of mine. Because we, for some reason, we struggle with the thought as humans trying to live for Jesus in our day in, day out, normal lives that if we do good, he loves us more. And if we don't do good, he loves us less. And it's like the stock market of faith. How horrible of an existence would that be? And to be honest, there's other faiths, other religions that that's what they believe. But not so with Christ. That's what makes the grace of God and the grace of Jesus Christ so crazy and scandalous is that even in our brokenness, even in our sin, he died for us to give us this. And regardless of even our character as believers, still loves us to the fullness. 
Now, does he want to leave us, per se, as carnal Christians? Absolutely not. But does he love the carnal Christian as much as he loved Paul? Absolutely. Does he love you as much as he loves Billy Graham? Absolutely. Who was loved more, the leper or Mother Teresa? Same. That baffled me. And I think it's because it revealed to me that I was still, even as a pastor, even as being formally educated, which really doesn't say a whole lot, I was still struggling from a place of trying to earn and be works-based, and I'm not resting in the promise of who God is. And to understand that His love for me was never a result of my character. And so if it's a never if it's never a result of my character, then I can never fail God. In a sense where he would say, I'm done with you, and that's not what I wanted. Now I could absolutely not walk in, in the fullness or or do the things that he's asked me to surrender and submit to. But his love for me is a clear distinction, a demonstration of his character, not mine. And so I encourage you, from what place are you trying to live life and try to love Jesus? From a place of your own character? And you got to be good enough to feel accepted? Or does it come out of a place of his character, where regardless of how good we are, but by faith, that we are saved by grace through faith. That, that changes everything. And so when you, when you read uh, Hebrews 11, that gives us the definition of faith that says, <clears throat> turning to it now, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now skip down to six. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. That doesn't change on God's side. We just need to keep seeking Christ. Keep pressing in to the fullness of who he is, because he does not change. But that's where we need to repent, turn from our old ways and follow him. And all of us still have that brokenness. We still have a need for repentance and confession of our sin and keep turning to who God is and what he has done for us. And that's, and then there, that is where freedom is because his love for us is a result of him, not of us. Hope you were blessed. Hope you have a great day. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Thoughts of Thaddeus. If you have any questions about God or want to get deeper into your faith, feel free to hit Pastor Nick Pierce up on Instagram at Nickus1. That's N-I-K-K-U-S-1. Thanks and have a great day.